You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. We are so, so happy you're here today, my friend. Each and every episode we create has you in mind. And so today, we are freaking thrilled to be bringing you a powerhouse of a guest for an overwhelmingly good conversation. Today, we have the immense privilege of talking with Ashley Lemieux. Now, Ashley is the founder and CEO of The Shine Project and best-selling author of her debut memoir, Born to Shine, and her most recent book, I Am Here, where she guides readers out of fear and into freedom. Ashley has been through the searing pain of contested adoption, the death of a child, and the struggle of infertility that many women experience. However, she also knows the healing power of sharing your story. And with that, she's empowered hundreds of thousands of women to find purpose in their pain and is the host of the top-rated podcast, The I Am Podcast. Her online community has inspired her to share the triumphs and tragedies life has handed to her and to help others find the courage to keep going. Now, if you have ever experienced a heartache or grief in your life, you need this episode. Ashley shares her story of walking through unfathomable loss, grief, and heartache with unbelievable candor and vulnerability. Ashley walks us through her thoughts on handling healing in the midst of grief, the guilt of experiencing joy with pain, and the difference between a healthy healing mindset and toxic positivity. She then goes step-by-step through her clarity mapping tool that she developed to help herself heal and walk into freedom, the power of spoken affirmations and a handful of her own that she uses daily, as well as a list of five daily questions that she asks herself every morning to propel her into growth and healing, even in the midst of the darkest pits. Now, if you or someone you know is walking through loss or grief, or you want to understand how to come alongside someone who is, you need this episode. Also, please feel free to share this with anyone you know who's walking through grief and looking for resources to help them navigate loss, healing, and finding hope again. This episode is truly so powerful, and we know you're going to get so much out of it. So let's bring on the woman of the hour and learn together from our girl, Ashley. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Ashley, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so excited to have you today. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, oh my gosh. It's an honor. <laughs> it's been so fun. Okay, we followed you for a long time, so just having you on the show is such an honor. But for anybody that maybe doesn't know you or just has just hasn't heard a podcast of you before yet or, or your story or anything, what like could you just share your I know your story is like in depth if you go through the whole thing, but share a bit of your story with us and just everything that you've been through to get to to where you are today. Yes. Man, I feel like I could take this so many ways, but I will <laughs> I will start by saying that everything in my journey up until this point has really just 
motivated me to create um, a community for women to help to help them get through the darkest times in their lives because I know what it feels like to be in the darkest moment of your life and not know what to do next and not not even want to get out of bed, let alone figure out how you're going to show up for your day. Um, my husband and I, man, how long ago was it now? It was, it was almost 10 years ago. Um, I was a young entrepreneur fresh out of college and uh, we had been married for about probably a year and a half in our mid-20s and very unexpectedly, we became parents of two overnight through a permanent guardianship. And becoming a parent at that time was not anything that we were pursuing, um, but it happened quick and it was right. And in every part of my soul, I knew that the four of us were supposed to be a family. And um, none, none of us had any reason to believe that we wouldn't be a family forever and always. Um, after raising our kids for a couple of years and after taking the next steps to formalize an adoption, um, we, we experienced a very unexpected contested adoption. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were in court for two years fighting for our family to stay together. Um, at that point we had raised our kids for over half of their lives. Um, and so we were their family unit as well. Um, and it was on, it almost happened as quickly as they had come. Um, there was an emergency court hearing that was scheduled while I was out of town for work. And I actually had stopped traveling the year and a half, um, prior because of court, because of, because of just the anxiety that it caused ev every one of us. But, this was a really big thing for my career. And so we thought, okay, like this can't ruin our, this can't ruin every aspect of our lives, you know, while we're in court. So I'm going to go and it's going to be fine. And we had a bigger, um, court date the next month. And so I was assured that everything would be okay if I left and I was only going to be gone for two days and an emergency court hearing was called. And, and during that, it was decided that the kids were going to return to a biological family member um, and nobody was giving me time to come home and say goodbye. Oh, and, oh my gosh. uh, th this was four and a half years ago. It feels like it was yesterday still. Um, and that was, we have, we haven't seen the kids again. And wow. that um, entered me into the darkest spiral, the, the, the darkest depths that I still don't have human language for. Um, but I felt like someone had buried me alive and I was still expected to keep living. It's very, it's a very different process, grieving the living dead. Um, yeah. and and, and having all of these things go on in your mind every day of where are the kids? Are they okay? Do they know that uh, I love them? Are they safe? Are, like, yeah, it's endless. Um, so my husband and I sold everything that we owned. We were living in Phoenix and we decided that we needed a fresh start. So not, not a fresh start. We needed, 
we needed something that can make us feel alive again. And so we thought that just going somewhere new where no, where we didn't know anybody and we could rely on each other and just figure out what happened next in our lives would be a good move for us. So we moved across the country in Nashville. And um, after a couple of years, we decided that we were ready to grow our family again. And this time um, to do so biologically. So we actually moved back to Arizona to, to just replant roots and be closer to family. And that was such a huge deal for us. Um, and so at the end of 2019, we got pregnant and we were so excited. I mean, obviously so excited, but in the pregnancy for us meant a lot of things. And one of them was that we were continuing moving forward in our lives. Um, and, uh, Last year at the start of literally the start of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, we had just moved into our new house a month or the week before. And, um, three days after we had moved in, I was 16 weeks pregnant. And, um, the very long story short is I was rushed to the hospital that night because I was in severe pain, which we learned was from me going septic. And if you're not familiar with sepsis, uh, the majority of people who die, who pass in the hospital die from sepsis. Um, sepsis is a very life-threatening infection that overtakes your blood and it has repercussions for a long time if you survive it. And at first the baby was okay. And that, that was, that was something that I would, would tell myself was, okay, I can go through anything as long as my baby's okay. Like I can go through this pain as, as long as the baby's okay. And, and that's the same thing that I would tell myself when we were in court for the kids is I can go through this hell because it's protecting my mm-hmm. kids. So I can do anything because it's going to result in everyone being safe and happy and, and yeah. well. And, uh, a couple days into the hospital, um, with my sepsis, I was alone by the way, because it was also the same day, same day I was admitted was the same day that hospitals closed off outside visitors. So, cause you alone, said it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was right at the beginning. And so I'm trying to figure out what is COVID, how like pe- people are, hospitals um, are starting to get more patients with it. Everyone, it, it was, you know, we all remember it was a frenzy. Yeah. And so in the middle of that frenzy, I'm in a little tiny room with a curtain because it was the only place in the hospital that, um, I wouldn't be exposed to anyone who was dealing with COVID. And because of me being septic and because of me being pregnant, they were just trying to keep me isolated as much as possible. Yeah. So I have a little room and, um, a couple nights into staying there, I kind of, I went downhill and I, uh, as after they stabilized me, I asked them to check the baby again. And cause I just knew, I just knew that both of us could not survive what was happening to my body. And, um, they wheeled me down to get a ultrasound. I couldn't walk. So uh, they're put, they're carrying me, pushing me around in a wheelchair. And just remember looking at the monitor and, um, there's no heartbeat. And <sighs> that night I was alone in the hospital. They still wouldn't let my family come and be with me. And they kept telling me that I had time to decide, you know, how I was going to deliver the baby. But the next morning he came fast, um, by my, and I was by myself and oh my gosh. 
um, it felt like I, it felt like someone had ran over any part of my soul (laughs) that I had left after losing our older two kids. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a lot. (laughs) It's, uh, the past, it's been a year and a half now, actually next week would be, I feel like during anniversary times, I get, it feels a little bit heavier. Next week would be when he was originally, it it would be his first birthday. And so trying to figure out how do you keep moving forward in your life when you feel powerless, when you feel stuck, when you feel like um, the freedom of having the joy that you wanted, you feel like it's been taken away. What does life look like now? And yeah. that's what I've dedicated myself to figuring out and then creating tools to help other women figure out um, these past several years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I just first, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability. I know you share it obviously online, but just like, I, I know that's not easy to like, retell that story probably yeah. again and again and again. Um, I, I also had a miscarriage last year, so I I relate to the suck that that is. Suck is not even like the appropriate word for it because um, it, it's just so heavy. But I, I am amazed at how it, through so much hell, you are able to have even a semblance of like positive. Like I just like, when I look at you online, and like even with your books, just everything, like it, it you have such a positive, beautiful perspective on life. And I would love to know how. <laughs> like where like where does that come from? Like, where do you get that from after experiencing just so much heartache after heartache after heartache? No, this is a really good question because I feel like there's a huge difference between um, this toxic positivity that sometimes we can see and then trying to have a positive outlook on life. And yeah. for me, it, this is going to sound so backwards, but for me, I think that my outlook is based off of the fact that I ha- I now allow myself to sit in the pain and learn from it without trying to escape it. And because I started living my life in a way where I stopped trying to run away from the things that were painful, it has allowed pain to become a teacher that in turn has allowed me to view the world and life and the people around me completely different. And so when I have a positive outlook on life, it's because I know that our stories aren't over yet. And I know that pain and joy can be felt at the same time. And I know that even if you've been in darkness in the past or you feel like you're in darkness right now, that light can still come. Um, And so I think that for me, being able to have that view has come from allowing myself to feel the opposite, which, which is the darkness, but then knowing that they can both coexist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I once heard somebody say that um, you can't shut off pain 
without also shutting off joy. Like yes. th- there's no there's no separate valves for certain emotions where you can just be like, nah, actually like that pain, that hurt, that, you know, whatever, fear. I just, I don't really want to feel that. Let me just turn off those specific knobs. Like it doesn't work that way. If you shut off one emotion, you shut off all of them and then you're un- incapable of feeling anything, you know, and and that's not the way we're supposed to live so I love hearing you say, Ashley, like sometimes you just have to sit in the pain and learn from it. And that keeps your heart open to also feel, you know, the joy or the peace in the midst and that those can coexist and you're not, because I think a lot of people who are grieving too, I don't, you, I feel like you might have so much to say on this, but have you encountered that a lot of people grieving feel guilty if they're feeling any sort of joy or peace in the midst of a lot of grief or a lot of pain? 100%. And I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example just from my life is that after we lost our older two kids and I was just trying to come back alive and, and, and figure out what life even meant now for me. Um, I remember in the beginning when I would start feeling just these little moments of joy or happiness or laughter or whatever it was and feeling so guilty because how could I, this was the lie I told myself, how could you find joy when you don't know your children are safe? What kind of terrible mother are you? Or how can you allow yourself to feel this way? Um, And those are lies that, that we can tell ourselves that keep us trapped in this pattern of just feeling terrible all the time. Um, and guilt is, is a process of grief. If it's the, it's part of the grieving process of I'm not worthy of feeling this, or why do I get to feel this way? And other people don't. And, um, it's really important to be mindful of that because if we're not, that guilt can keep us firmly rooted in the past instead of instead of finding support so that we can move forward with different lenses that can allow ourselves to feel joy and that we can move into a new future with that. Mm, that's so good. I have a question. Did you, so you just wrote the book, I Am Here. Did you start writing that before your miscarriage or, or was it after? Like what, and like, I guess what motivated you to write I Am Here? So I wrote I Am Here because after we lost our older two kids, um, I wrote my first book, Born to Shine. And Born mm-hmm. to Shine really is how do, you, how do you keep living? How do you keep finding light in the darkest moments of your life? And after I released that um, was really when I, then I started my next journey of how do I heal? Okay. So like I've, I've, I'm surviving and I don't want to serve just survive anymore. I want to heal. I want to find freedom. I want to really find peace. I want to, I want to re uncover my purpose. Like how do I do that? Um, and so I took everything that I did in trying to heal and rebuild my life after losing our older two kids. And I, I put it into a book called I am here uh, literally just a couple of weeks before my miscarriage is when I turned in, I am here, the first copy of it. And when I turned it in, I kept telling my husband, this is going to sound so weird, but I feel like my book's not done. Like, I don't know what it's missing. I don't know what I'm going to have to go revisit, but I just feel like it's not finished. 
Um, and so after my miscarriage and, and I, obviously I, I took a couple months that uh, my publisher let me go back in and add some things. And so it was a really unique time wow. for me. Writing has always been something that, that helps me heal and process. And so I feel like it was really good for me to, to have that during that time. But now there's also, um, some things in there that I know that are helping a lot of women now too. Yeah. I love that. So in your book, Ashley, you walk people through your uh, clarity mapping tool, which you've, you know, developed and created and learned working to get yourself through, you know, your own deep despair. Can you kind of share more about this this way of thinking, this this tool, and I guess kind of what inspired you or your process in creating it? Yes. So I first started clarity mapping because I didn't know how to get out of bed in the morning. And then once I figured out how to get out of bed in the morning, I didn't know what to focus my time on anymore. And then once I figured out what to focus my time on, uh, I didn't know how to actually rebuild what it was that I wanted to do in my life. And so clarity, clarity mapping came to me um, kind of in a six-month process as I was trying to come back alive and, um, and really figure out what next steps were for me. So how clarity mapping starts is it starts with um, really sitting with what is your intention today? And your intention, I, I think sometimes the word intention can sound a little woo-woo or a little out there or a little bit misunderstood, but really what an intention is, and it can even be a prayer or a thought, but, but it's, it's, a, it's a guidepost that lets you know where you're going so that you know what to say yes to or know what to say no to on your path moving forward. And so I started meditating and, and really praying every morning. And I would just answer the question, what is my intention today? And from there, over the next six months, new questions um, started coming so that throughout my day, I was very clearly focused in on what it is that I wanted to and needed to be doing to feel how I wanted to feel in my life. And after answering those set of questions for a few months, I thought, oh my gosh, I can take this a step further and I could actually build a map that will help me break down the very exact things that I need to do to then bring my intention to life in its entirety. So for example, during that time, I really wanted to write a book that would help women. Um, but I, I didn't know how to do that. Again, like I didn't even know how to get out of bed, right? So how do you go right. from not being able to get a bed to launching a best-selling book? What does that look like? How do you know what to focus on? How do you find the courage and the bravery that it requires to dream in something new again and believe that it's going to work? then it's actually going to work out for you. And so clarity mapping is a very tangible tool um, that can help lead you from fear to freedom in your life. Mm, that's, that's so, so good. Yeah, I have so many things. <laughs> I love it. Well, you also, Ashley, believe pretty strongly in the power of, of spoken affirmations, right? Is that a part of clarity mapping or is that a separate thing? And then I would just love to hear you talking about like how those affirmations have kind of helped you and, and why you think those could help others as well. 
Yes. So with clarity mapping, um, my process and how I do things in life is really split up into three parts. So it's reframing your thoughts and then reimagining your future, which is clarity mapping, and then reclaiming your power. Because here's the thing, if we start reimagining and rebuilding our future and trying to really move from fear to freedom, we're going to keep getting stuck if we keep giving our power away to old lies or old habits or to people that that aren't serving this new future that we want to be building. And what I noticed for myself was as I was rebuilding my life, I was still getting really caught in these these thought cycles that were trying to keep me rooted to the past. Um, So I started every day, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would start speaking what it was that I wanted to believe about myself and about my life. One example was after my miscarriage last year, and I, I told it, I love this phrase, right? And I know that it brings a lot of peace and comfort to a lot of people, but something that a lot of women are told after they experience a miscarriage is, well, your, your rainbow, your rainbow will come, or I'm, I'm praying for your rainbow to come. And, and it's referred to as the, the rainbow equals a new baby at some point. Right. And so for me though, um, it's been a year and a half. We still not, we still have not conceived again. I've been through a lot. Uh, my body is still healing. And so for me, part, part of, um, this thought was, well, what if, what if like that rainbow doesn't come? Does that mean that my rainbow is never coming? Does that mean I can't find joy right now? So I started flipping it and I started saying every day, I am the rainbow. I'm the rainbow. I'm, I'm that pot of gold at the end that I'm waiting for. Uh, the rainbow can come today. It doesn't have to wait until a new baby comes or the job that I want lands or the relationship of my dreams gets here. I am the rainbow, which means I can do things in my life that create that for myself right now. And so as I started speaking these affirmations, some of my other big ones were, I am a fighter or I am loud. I felt like my voice had really been taken away during our court battle um, to the point that I actually, anytime that I would speak or start sharing about our story about losing our older two kids, I was silenced about it for so long. I would get an actual lump on the right side of my throat. Like, oh wow. Physically, my body was blocking the words because it, I was so afraid to start speaking again. And so I So some of those affirmations were, I am loud or I am safe. Everything that was opposite of how I was feeling in my life was what I started speaking out loud so that I could start getting into um, a new habit. And that's why I believe that speaking out loud affirmations to yourself is so important because we have these quiet habits that go, they run through our mind all day of we can't do this, or we're too this to ever be able to accomplish what we want to do. And those start creating such a pattern and a cycle inside of us that if we don't do something to disrupt that, that pattern will last forever. And so being able to reclaim your power means that you can disrupt those old negative patterns and create new, more truer ones for your life. I love that. Well, it's, 
it's like combating the inner dialogue that might be subconsciously running through us. Yeah. And it's it's combating those with the truth of something different and like speaking it out loud. I think that like there's just so much power in the words that we say over ourselves and over obviously yeah. others too, but especially ourselves, especially when it's combating like that inner dialogue that I love that that you just said that because it is it is such an important thing that especially when we're in that like just depth cycle of just like believing the lies or believing like even what you said about like the miscarriage of like, oh, my rainbow baby will come. It's like, well, how could I actually apply that to to be content in the now and yeah. mm-hmm. in contentment yeah in the now versus like, oh, hoping for another win in the future or yeah. another like thing like, that's coming later. Life will be good again when that rainbow comes, but I'm just going to constantly right. wait for it and it's always out in the future versus, you know, how can I find a rainbow now? How can I, you know, find joy now? Or how can I find joy even without the things that I want in life that I think will make me happy? Like how can I find joy almost in the lack? Yeah. Hey friend, are you a hat girl like us? Well, if you've ever seen a photo of us, pretty much ever. We are almost always wearing a hat on because we love accessorizing any outfit and making it cuter with a good hat. Like literally add any hat to any outfit and it is a thousand times cuter and better. So if you've ever seen us wearing a hat, I can guarantee you it was 100% a Gigi Pip hat. In fact, the hats we're wearing in this podcast cover, yeah, they're Gigi Pip. Gigi Pip is inspired by women who wear many hats and their quality and style is literally insane. It's why we choose them over any hat company because their styles are so cute and their quality is next level. We love them to death. So if you want to grab a hat yourself, we have a little treat for you. You can shop Gigi Pip hats using the link in the show notes to receive free shipping with our code heart and hustle. That's all lowercase and with no spaces. If you're ready to see your confidence boosted and look cute as heck, grab a Gigi Pip hat today. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. I love that. Okay, Ashley, in the book also, you encourage asking yourself five daily questions to kind of guide your routine. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit about those. Like, how did you develop those questions and how have they helped you become more intentional with your day? 
So this is the first part of clarity mapping. And and the very first question that I start with that I briefly mentioned was, what is my intention? You know, I I think when we go through, it can be grief, it can be, and and grief takes so many different uh, shapes in our lives. I think a lot of times when people think of grief, they think of you've lost someone that you love, but grief can come from losing a job or grief can go come from now having to start infertility treatments or grief can come from having the world change the last year and a half and everything is different now because we're still in this pandemic, right? Like (laughs) grief can come through so many different areas. And so um, being able to figure out what life looks like now that the old life that you were used to living cannot exist anymore because there's been a loss or a change in something outside of your control. Um, how do you find purpose in that? How do you find clarity in what you do next? So setting my intention, what is my intention today? I, I, I answer that. Um, I can, you can answer that every day, but I also set my intention for a, the year. And I also do my intentions every quarter and you can even break it down monthly so that you have one bigger intention, but then you also have something every day that guides you to get there. Um, because what I always say is, and I think a lot of times people think that healing comes like in one big miraculous moment that just suddenly makes everything go back to being okay. But healing is not just one big moment. It's constant movement. And so these five questions help you create that constant movement every day that you need to create that healing and space for healing in your life. So starting with your intention. And then the second question I ask, which actually um, I did this because of the guilt that we were talking about earlier. Uh, and it's, why am I worthy? Like, why am I worthy for good things in my life? Why am I worthy to, to feel this intention or to reach this intention every day? Why am I worthy for any of this? And that's, I really had to get down to the nitty gritty of why I believed I wasn't worthy for it so that I could acknowledge it and then work through it so that I could stop being the one to prevent myself from moving forward. Um, The third question I ask is who can I serve? Who can I serve today? I've noticed that when we are aware of the people around us, there's some really amazing opportunities that we get to to reach out and help other people because once you experience pain, you see people in their pain differently. And to be able to be someone or something that helps ease their burden, even just for that day is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, the next question that I ask is what can I set down? So what can I set down today? What am I carrying with me? Whether it's a thought, whether it's someone else's opinion, whether it's a stress of X, Y, and Z, whether it's an unrealistic expectation, whether it's a negative relationship, what is it today that I need to set down because it's adding a lot of extra burden and weight to my life? Sometimes just even acknowledging that and allowing ourselves to notice what that is can create um, a lot of positive change in our lives. The next question I ask is, who is the truest version of myself today? I used to ask who is the best version of myself. And I realized that that answer is different than who the truest version of myself is because the best version of myself was always dictated by what I thought other people wanted from me. Mm. 
So when I could switch that and ask who's the truest version, that empowered me to lean into my intuition and empowered me to be able to be okay with other people not understanding me or having different opinions about what I'm doing. It doesn't matter when you know that you're showing up as the truest version of yourself. And um, that's how I'd end my day uh, and my morning with those five questions. So do you ask those every morning? Like that's like the routine? Yeah, that's the routine. And you can spend five minutes on it. You can spend an hour on it. You can spend as much or as little as you want, but it gives you something to lean on throughout your day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, logistically, do you journal them? Do you, like, what, what does that process look like? So I've done both. So I have a journal where I write these questions out. Um, and there's also times where I'm like, hey, I have a really busy morning. Because let's be honest, we can have the intention that we're going to set aside half an hour every day to do this. Right. But then when we don't, and then we feel bad about it, then we just like prevent ourselves from doing it in the future, right? So yeah. it's okay if it sometimes I'm like, all right, what's my intention today? And I'm just thinking about it. And it's just quick. Um but I'm still paying attention to what those answers are. I love the diligence and the intentionality of, of you even like asking yourself these questions and writing them down because I'm like, I keep thinking of like, well, how, how would you recommend like somebody get out of, of the suck of like the midst of despair? And it's like, you're literally, like you're literally giving them a roadmap, which I love because it's practical, but it also is internal. Like it forces you to let things go. It forces you to look inside and like really do that work to actually like have that joy in your life Mm -hmm. in the midst of everything. Yeah. 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 Well, and I I think too, with healing and with, with finding clarity in your life, it's one of those things that nobody else can do for you. Yeah. You, You are the only person who can make that happen. And so to be able to empower yourself to find answers to your to questions, um, I think is really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love to not only like Lindsay was kind of saying of like, is it looking inside and, you know, an internal like me thing? How, how am I doing? What's the truest version of myself today? You know, what's my intention for the day? But it's also causing you to look forward and out beyond just like, oh, I am aching today. I, you know, it, it yeah. hurts. It hurts so much. It's like, okay, I can I can allow that ache and hurt to continue. Like I acknowledge it. I recognize it. I'm feeling it. But also like what else, you know, who do I want to serve or love or bless today? Like it's, it's creating, I guess, the bigger picture beyond just that, that, I guess, like despair, the whole, the, the pit that we can so often like just get trapped in. Not that there's not time to, you know, sit and feel, but it's very easy, I think, especially in like the depths of of the pain to feel like there's nothing else. There's nothing else going on. There is no light that could possibly penetrate that pit. There's, you know, there's nothing happening outside of just that pain. And I think those questions not only turn your heart and your mind internal, but also external. Like, what's the bigger picture here? Is there light? Can I be that light for somebody else? Like, it's causing you to recognize even a glimpse of the bigger picture. Would you say that that's accurate, Ashley? Absolutely. Something that I've learned about pain is that when you're in it, you feel very powerless and and you can start feeling very hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. So to combat that, 
how can, how can you put yourself in a situation where you feel like there are things in your control that you do have power over? And how can you create a scenario where you do have hope again for the future? You have to be very intentional about doing that because it's very easy to have your pain bury you alive, to yeah. be honest. And to be honest, a lot of people aren't ready or do not want to do this type of work or the type of mental wellness and healing work that is required of all of us. Why? Because it's hard. And we know yeah. it's hard because we know the, the use of alcohol and drugs or other distractions that we all use at different points in our lives. It could be social media, it could be TV. A lot of, a lot of times it's easier to have reactions where we uh, distract and numb yeah. ourselves rather than intentionally creating a path forward. And my hope is that this helps people, it empowers them to create their own new path forward. Mm. Well, I think you've given such a good guide map because it's like, like you said, it's easier to ignore it or shove it under the rug and just pretend it's not there versus address it head on, which is what your roadmap is essentially doing is like address it head on, actually like acknowledge it, sit with it. Um, and move forward through it. So I love, I love that. Um, my next question was, what's your, I guess, best advice or, or number one advice for people that maybe are going through a type of despair that you went through yourself or, or just some sort of pain in their life? And, and I guess the, the kind of piggyback question to that is like, what do you hope readers take away from your book, I Am Here? Because that's kind of like the same question, probably. Oh, yes. Um, I think what I would what I would say if, if you are going through a really hard moment right now is that I just want you to deeply know that your story is not over yet. I I want you to know that this moment right now even though it feels like nothing else is ever going to exist again that this feeling won't last forever. Yeah. And there's a question that I always ask myself when I'm in the middle of these really painful moments and I feel afraid. I feel, um, for example, with my older two kids, I get fear overwhelms me daily if they're okay or if I will ever see them again or if I'm going to feel like this forever. And so a question I started asking myself was, well, what if it's not fear? And I think that's a question that we can all ask ourselves of uh, when we're in our pain, um, and we feel afraid, well, what if it's not fear? What if it's love? And what I mean by this is that I have found a lot of times in our deepest negative emotions, underneath everything, sometimes buried at the very bottom, is a positive emotion that if we can get to that, that can help sustain us moving for the future. So what I realized is that my fear of not seeing my kids again really is based off of my profound love for them. Mm. I love them so deeply that of course I want them to be happy. Of course I want to see them. Of course I want this relationship. So if I can switch my thinking and start focusing on love, then that starts being the thing that's guiding my life instead of the fear of all of the pain. And so that's my... I guess my biggest advice is to get very real and vulnerable with yourself and identify what emotions you have 
and allow yourself to go deeper to find what is really contributing to those so that you can focus on feelings and emotions that can start propelling you forward instead of chaining you to the pain. Mm, Dang. Ashley, you just have such a gift for words, but also for understanding, you know, the power of the process of of grief and of hope and and moving forward and joy and I know your story impacts so 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 many people. Um, one of the last questions that we have, which you may have already answered, but just as an overview of like all of the things in your life, your journey, your story, what is the biggest lesson that you feel like you've learned <laughs> in the midst of? of just continuing on while everything around you feels like it's not going the way you expected it to or the way you'd wanted it to? Man, that's such a, that's such a good question. The first thing that comes to my head is the same thing that I hope um, everyone else can learn. And that's that I'm braver than I think that I am. I'm braver than I ever thought. And that um, pain was never, ever supposed to be, the ending of our lives. The pain was never supposed to take away all of the other good stuff. And when we allow ourselves to go through it, uh, we actually are able to uncover so much more about who we are, about our power, about our bravery, about our purpose, about our capabilities. And when we give ourselves that opportunity, um, we're able to learn more than we otherwise would. And so I think that that has been the overall theme of my life that I want everyone else to understand for themselves too. Mm. Mm. So good. So powerful. Ashley, I just know that this episode just touched, I mean, it touched us first of all, but I know our listeners like that, they just got so much out of that. So thank you so much for showing up and sharing your story, sharing just about your book, about clarity mapping, about just all your, all your things that you, you process and use and have created to work through grief and through despair. Just thank you for sharing that with our listeners. Uh, I'm so excited for them to listen to this episode. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's my privilege to be able to come and talk to you about this today. Oh my gosh, yes. Now, for any of our listeners who are ready to read this book, who are ready to, you know, follow along in your journey, where can everyone find you and connect with you, read your book, all of it? Yes, so you can go grab I Am Here, literally wherever books are sold, wherever that's easiest for you to go pick up. And I love my Instagram community. You can come find me at Ashley K. Lemieux. And we are actually about to launch retreats where we are going to start doing this clarity mapping, the I am here process in person next year, which I'm so excited about. I so love that. come find me over there and come say hi. Amazing. And your reels with your husband are hilarious, by the way. Thank so. you. <laughs> oh, and the, the anonymous confessions, let's just be real. I die laughing every single time. <laughs> They're so wild. Yeah, you guys will see my, you know, I really, I am, I talk a lot about grief and overcoming things, but then also like we have fun over there with random pranks on my husband, random anonymous internet confessions. Yes. Uh, There's, there's moments of laughter that are waiting for you too. (laughs) It's such a joy. It's amazing. Everyone needs to go follow you and just read your book and, 
and get to know you because you are a gem, Ashley. So thank you for being here. It truly is such a treasure for us. Girls, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.